Nope. Hello and welcome to the show. Today we're going to have a, a little bit of fun. We're just a little bit of wild, wild show here with Angela Goodman, who I've met <laughs> in our networking group, which is the Arte Networking Group. So, Angela, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Ben. I appreciate you having me here. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So, what is it that you do? Um, you know, some days I'm not even <laughs> sure what I do. I uh I have a few things I do. I own a couple of restaurants. I have a financial mindset coaching business. Um, I have real estate investments. I I some days are just more than others, Ben. Some days are more than others. So, we met in May and uh you seemed like you had a little bit of extra time around then and the last couple months <laughs> you've been busy uh yeah I think you could say that in May I was just worried about um inflation and the cost of food and making sure my restaurants were good and now I think I have 1500 more things that I'm concerned about than I was in May so uh, unfortunately, I think uh, I need to work on my time schedule a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're definitely what a like a serial entrepreneur with so many different businesses going right now. Yeah, I think I think I'm uh, definitely not living up to expectation when it comes to get one thing and focus on that one thing and make that one thing perfect and then move on to another thing. I'm failing miserably at that. <laughs> At, at doing that for sure I have this uh need I see problems and then I want to make solutions and then I jump from one thing to another and I need to slow down slow down well that is that is life as an entrepreneur though right because you yeah. continuously learn from your challenges right that are presented before you right yeah. and let's be honest like there's what I don't know, 10 million books of how to be a good leader, how to be a good entrepreneur, how to be a good whatever. And most of those books are written due to everybody fumbling through their challenges that are created through business, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I'm going to, I think, I think I could write a book on how not to do time management. <laughs> <laughs> Do not do these things. Do not make these mistakes. Figure here are the things not to do for time management. Yeah, for that's sure. yeah. That's that's uh, that is funny, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How to sure. do time blocking? How to do this? You know, you you try and plan things out every single day. Like even like I had a day the other day where I literally had my day planned out. I'm going to do YouTube creation from nine to 10 and 10 to 11. I'm going to write a blog and 11 to 12. I'm going to do this. And then literally something happens or a customer calls or whatever. And you literally just rip up the schedule. You throw it all out the window. And next thing you know, it's eight o'clock at night and I'm doing YouTube creation at 8 PM at night, writing a blog from nine to 10. And then it's like, I better go to bed. <laughs> so, yep. You know, you can, you sometimes you try and plan everything as an entrepreneur, like in, in a set schedule. And, you know, that's the big thing. Everybody waits for that day when they can replace themselves or get someone else to do those jobs for them. Right. Because then yeah. it's like, okay, now I've freed up more time to work on the business, but okay, this got thrown in my lap. Can't work on the business again today. 
Yep, exactly. <laughs> or you do what I did and you get free up time to work on the business and you say, oh, but look at this shiny object over here. I'm going to go create a business around that shiny object instead of, <laughs> instead of doing more work in the business I've already got. And then you end up with another shiny object behind that. And then all of a sudden you're like this every day. That's my life. That's my life, Ben. Shiny object syndrome. Shiny object syndrome. For sure. Well, you are you are involved in quite a bit. So let's, uh, you and I, we talked a lot in uh, St. Louis about your restaurant, I remember, yeah, because my in-laws were restaurant owners and my wife worked in the restaurant industry for quite a while. And she currently works at a little kind of like a boutique cupcake place where they make cakes and cupcakes. So I always have sat around the dinner table listening to tons of conversations on how to run a restaurant and how to, you know, how to even like do the roll-ups of the knives and the forks and all yeah. that to crazy details, which is funny. And that's kind of, we talked about a lot of stuff, I remember in St. Louis. So, you know, what is it that, uh, what is it some of the things that you do in your restaurant to give people a great customer experience? You know, um, we actually have a, a program at our restaurant where called We Strive for Five. So every customer that comes through the front door from the time they walk in and are greeted by our hosts to the time that they leave and are thanked and told to have a great day by our hosts. Um, we pride ourselves on customer service and fruit food presentation and quality in greeting and having a smile on your face in if there are mistakes that happen, you know, making sure that we get management involved and that the management understands how welcome the guests are and that and that we want to take care of any issues that they could have um, from the time that they that they walk through the door. Um, and we've created an, an identity in our restaurant for our workers with the <clears throat> five main points, you know, we're family first, we're the number one fresh breakfast in our area, we're, we're resilient, we're kind, we're creative to help in dealing with, uh, you know, essentially what gets thrown at us, you know, and, um, and so we really pride ourselves on having a top-notch customer experience and just anticipating the needs of the customer before they actually have them. Yeah, yeah I know, I know you were talking about, uh, making a u.s flag um wasn't it a waffle or something like that Did yes you... and yes and we do we have since uh since the time we opened so i actually opened my restaurant on veterans day uh 2016 and we feed veterans for free on that day and then any of our of our united states holidays we we celebrate with american flag flapjacks and waffles people can order the red white and blue the red white and blue waffle for their breakfast so it's cool so what is that yeah. like raspberries blueberries and whipped cream or something like that it's or? close it's strawberries blueberries and whipped cream super close super close so <laughs> um yeah so it's uh it actually looks pretty it actually looks pretty good yeah, I think delicious. I saw a picture of it. It did. It did look yeah. delicious. So it you is. Know. It is delicious. It's super over the top. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So let's. Uh, what was what was your most memorable experience as a customer, like for yourself? My most memorable experience as a customer. Um. I will actually say it was a, a mistake that happened. So I uh, I stay at Marriott Hotels. Um, so I guess I'm sort of advertising them. So I I'm uh, have been I have been a Marriott uh, hotel guest for many many years, and um, I stayed at a Marriott right outside of Greensboro, 
North Carolina and I arrived in my room and my room didn't smell the best when I arrived in my room and I opened the refrigerator to find someone's leftover food <laughs> still Ooh, in was the it refrigerator, good? <laughs> right? So obviously that's not something that, that is a, a positive guest experience, nor, nor would Marriott be okay with the fact that there was still old food in someone's refrigerator in their room. Um, so I called down to the front desk and uh, was immediately greeted by a very happy guest services person at about 10 p.m. when we checked in. And, um, you know, she apologized for the experience and not even a minute later, there was somebody at the door to come in and take that food and throw it out. So what that taught me about Marriott is they believe in guest experience and they understand that mistakes happen, but, but the biggest part of it is, is they corrected it literally immediately. Um, and then I had a phone call just after that from Marriott, uh, corporate to apologize for what had happened. And they actually comped my room that night. Um, and so from, from the local hotel and the local hotel owner up through Marriott corporate, um, you know, they just proved to me why, you know, I, I continue to stay at Marriott properties. Usually I don't have food in my refrigerators from <laughs> someone else left over. <laughs> Usually the room is clean and the bed is nice and the linens are fresh and, you know, all of those things. Um, but one of the things is when mistakes happen, they do know how to fix them and fix them quickly and do it. Um, you know, and do it with, with a smile and not, and not make any issue about it. And so that's why I will probably be a Marriott customer for life um, because they know how to deal with issues when they do arise. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I just think about when we were at in St. Louis and uh, we were staying at Ritz Carlton or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a Marriott property. Yeah. Which is, yep. which is really nice. But I remember I got in my room and I really wanted coffee. And they have that little coffee machine there, uh -huh. but they didn't have any pods. And, and uh, so they didn't refill them. So I went downstairs and said, Hey, like, I don't have any, I don't have any pods. And they go, oh, okay. So they came, came from behind the counter and he's like, gives me like eight of them. Are these good? <laughs> yeah. like, like, okay, cool. Thanks. And then I came down later in the day because I, I think he was kind of embarrassed that they didn't fill it up. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I came down later, like, I don't know, like four hours later, it was flukishly the same guy. And I go, Hey, I like, I went and grabbed the toothbrush and toothpaste. Cause I didn't pack any because I didn't know if the airlines were like picky about toothpaste being on your carry on or anything. Cause you right. know, I hadn't traveled in probably two years or something like that on a plane. And so anyways, I, I went to go buy it. And he goes, give me a second here. He goes into the back, comes out front, goes, how does free sound? And he gives me like one of those things you would get from like a dentist and gives me like a free toothbrush and toothpaste. That's and, cool. I was, and I was like, cool, just save me $5, I guess. <laughs> right. But, yeah. but I mean, I think he was, he realized like what happened earlier and he was like, well, you know, what can I, I wonder if there's something else I could do to obviously, mm -hmm. you know, bring him to that next level. Right. So you know, it's those, sometimes it's like those little things, right? Like they already are charging, you know, their three, $400 a night or whatever it was right, right for the hotel room. And I think they're thinking like, what's $5 and yeah. and it was free. You could tell it like, look like something from the dentist office. Right. So, yeah, but yeah, which was great. No, that's great. And that's, and that's why, and like I said, Ritz Carlton is also a Marriott property. And, and that's why, because they, they, um, 
they do pride themselves on customer service and they, and they handle situations when they don't go well, they handle them in the right way. And so, and you always, I have always felt appreciated um, staying at their properties. I usually am greeted by, you know, so thank you so much for coming to stay Miss Goodman. And thank you for being, you know, a titanium member, you know, they, they really kind of go out of their way to, to be grateful that you're there. And that's one of the things that I appreciate about, about that customer service experience. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's nice staying in some of these hotels and all these different experiences that you get. And you are paying typically for the experience. And a lot of people, you know, we've gotten so attached to like our phones where we just want to like look at our phone and not associate or talk with anybody. Mm-hmm. And we just we hide behind our phones. And, you know, like even last night we were booking a hotel room because we we're going on a little weekend trip, my dad and I, and, you know, he's debating on you know which hotel to, to book. Right. And we're, of course, you know, you want to look at the ratings and look at all that. And he got confused with the whole star rating. Right. So he's like, this one's only a three star. Like we can't stay there. It's only a three star. And I go, okay. I said, are you looking at the guest rating or are you looking at the rating of the hotel? Well, it's the guest rating. I'm like, no, you're looking at the rating of hotel. So they don't have a swimming pool. Are we planning to use the swimming pool? No, there you go. They've already lost, you know, their star. They probably don't have a restaurant. Are the beds comfortable? And does it have two beds? Cause I'm not sleeping in bed with you. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. that, that, you know, that's kind of like, what we're looking at but you know some of these websites people are getting confused with the the star rating and and that and it almost seems like they should have like a like the guest rating they should almost have like another level of like customer experience rating right like, yeah yeah you know like how attentive yeah. were they with you instead of just being like i went there it was a hundred dollars and it was a five star because for a hundred bucks it was a good deal right you know it, it'd be nice to see something like you know, how it rates on a, like a customer experience rating. Like if they had a few questions or something, it'd be interesting to see where that goes. People like, I really like human interaction. I'm really big on human interaction. And I like that. I get to talk to the majority of my customers all the time. And, and I love that. And I just think it would be, it'd be weird it's weird, like these people who like, you know, they book a hotel room, you know, let's call it Airbnb. You never meet the person who owns the Airbnb. You go into the room, right? You get the key, you leave the next day. There's no interaction with anybody at any point mm-hmm. in time. And it's like, a, it's a different world, right? Yeah. So, but at the same time, I used to have an Airbnb and it was profitable. So I'm not, gonna, <laughs> I'm not opposed to Airbnb. <laughs> that's funny so when you look around at the world today what has stood out to you as the biggest change in how we interact as humans you know i think we have all for the most part become so dependent on our network and internet connections right um i have read the book comfort crisis uh which is a great great book that talks about how we have become so uh, dependent and reliant upon being on a hundred percent of the time. Our brains are constantly digesting information. 
Yeah. So there's another one. It's another great one. So our brains are like constantly digesting this information and they're on a hundred percent of the time. And we don't get, we don't get any downtime anymore um, to kind of disconnect and have that creative time in our own head and, and kind of figure things out. So I feel like from a human interaction perspective, we withdraw a lot more than we used to because you're constantly you're constantly on this, right? You're constantly engaged in your phone, your computer, your um, your faraway interactions that now when you're physically in front of people, you don't have the same kind of depth of interaction anymore because by the time you get to being in front of somebody, you're tired, your brain is tired, it needs a break. <laughs> it needs a break from all the things you're digesting. So I think that's one of the things that has definitely changed over time. And I think that book, comfort crisis was really, um, hit the nail on the head. And since I, since reading that, I have decided, you know, every month I take two or three days just kind of to myself and, and decompress and, and try not to look at my phone and try not to deal with my computer and try not to be electronically connected. Um, so that I get that creative time to solve the problems in my life, right. Running a lot of businesses, you have multiple problems and they're very different from business to business. And so if your brain doesn't have that downtime to process through that information and create solutions to those problems, um, they can compound themselves. So I think that's one of the things definitely that's changed in society, maybe not for the better. Yeah, I agree with you there. Cause I mean, even like yesterday morning, I was supposed to make like a, a YouTube video and mm -hmm. I researched the keyword that I wanted to make the video for, but then I'm like sitting there thinking, what angle am I going to play on this video right and i'm just like confused and then my wife like wanted to go out somewhere and i was like you know what let's just let's just go so i just left yeah. and she's like but yeah. i thought you have all this work to do we went out for like about two and a half hours i came back and the whole time while i'm like driving and we went to the yeah. arcade and just did like some kid stuff her and i and i was like you know what yeah i came up with like a whole different angle of how to do the whole video I came yeah. back, wrote a whole script, and it's going to get turned into a blog. So, boom, I've written my blog for the website now, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's also turned into a video, which I recorded yesterday, which is great. And now I'm going to be able, now I got to add pictures and edit it and, you know, yeah. make it all yeah. fancy. Yeah. Right. But the thing is, is sometimes, yeah, you need that time away because you're too close to things. Sometimes yeah, you, you just have to, you have to get away. Yeah. So your, so your brain, it's interesting. Um, and the things I hadn't thought about in, in reading that book, but, um, it does talk a lot about how your brain has to disconnect from the constant stimulation. So by, by sitting behind the wheel and driving, when you're driving, you're focusing on one thing, you're focusing on the, the road in front of you. And it does allow your brain to wander because you're not utilizing all of your senses. So your brain doesn't go into like sensory overload while you drive. So there are certain things that you can do to take breaks and have gaps so that your brain can do a lot of that creative problem solving and processing. And um, so the fact that you did that is amazing. There's a lot of people that don't stop, take the time, go do something that relaxes them, exercise, work out, you know, <laughs> stimulate your physical body, right? So that your brain can process all of the other things that it needs to process because while well, you're tied to your devices, your brain doesn't have time to process through that stuff. It's being stimulated. Your eyes are being stimulated. Oftentimes you're watching videos. So your eyes, your ears, um, your sense of touch, because you're holding the phone, everything is stimulating your brain and your brain can only process so much at one time. 
Yeah, I'd like to use the example of like when the technician side of me, you're working on a vehicle and you can't figure out how to get a panel off. And you just, you know, many years ago, I would like take a tool and just whip it. <laughs> you're like so bad. I can't figure it out. Right. Because you're stressed out. But, you know, over time, you start realizing, okay, take a deep breath. That's stressing you out. Go work mm-hmm. on something else on the vehicle. Right. Yeah. Or just walk away from it for five or 10 minutes. Right. Like, you know, and that's kind of like a similar thing, right. You know, sometimes you just need to take a breather, reset, rethink, because you're, you're too close and you're too close to something. Right. And you're overthinking things sometimes too. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. So we're already kind of talking about books. So is there a book you've read that has influenced your life? Yeah, I would say the biggest the biggest impact that I've had in my life, um, probably completely, is uh, seventy five hard. So while that while that is a program and not just a book, um, reading that book, starting that program in the beginning of twenty twenty uh, changed my life. Actually, started it in twenty was it twenty twenty? Yeah, it was twenty twenty. So starting all of that actually changed my life, um, and going through the the book itself is, you know, goes through the program and explains uh, the reasoning behind each segment of the program and why it was created. Um, But what that did for me was opened me back up to all of the the books and the things that I haven't learned in recent years. So I spent 15 years in corporate America. I was very focused on my job, very focused on, on, I had small children raising my family. And so I was so busy doing those things that I didn't make time to invest in me and I didn't make time to invest in my own knowledge and learning. And so at the time that that I found um, 75 Hard and instituted that into my life was a time where I re-engaged that knowledge and that and that fire to learn. And I since that, I have read um, probably 50 books since since doing it all on different all on different uh, self-help knowledge perspectives. I just finished a book on spirit guides. So I don't for those people that are either religious or spiritual, um, that was an interesting an interesting take on on how we get help in this in this universe and how the world, you know, things are provided for us. but that's it, that book, that book, that program, living through that program, completing 75 hard the first time, completing phase one, failing phase two in the same year, and then redoing 75 hard the next year, um, this year, um, totally changed my life. Totally changed my life, 100%. Nice. Yeah, yeah I mean, 70, I was doing 75 hard last year, this time. Yeah. And I mean... I lost 27 pounds in 75 days. I was, you know, I came out of that and turned into this crazy machine mm-hmm. that like, and what people don't realize people who are cheating the 75 hard, you know, which is what happens. A lot of people just make their own, you know, like, ah, I can drink a drink a day. It's not a big deal or, you know, but I'm still doing the workouts or, or whatever. I can eat chips today. It's not a big deal, right? I did 75 hard and I mean, worked my ass off, did the the indoor and outdoor workout. And, you know, I came out of that. And next thing you know, 
I'm doing YouTube videos. And I'll be honest, I was the scariest person to ever get in front of a video camera for the longest time because I always was worried about what are people going to think about me? What if they don't like me? What if they what if they say mean things about me? You know, and then like literally I finished the the 75 hard and I just got in front of the camera and I'll be honest, the majority of my first videos sucked. They were terrible. <laughs> They're terrible. But it's funny, the ones that have good content early on have huge views. One of my videos has over 5,000 views on YouTube. And yeah, it's me staring downwards. And I'm like so nervous that I'm tapping the table and you hear like ding, ding, ding through the microphone like every five seconds. And yeah. It's so bad. But because it's good information, people watched it. And either way, at the end of the day, um, if, you know, it gave me that momentum to start doing that. And then three weeks later, or no, four weeks later, after I started the program, I met Chris Warns. Yeah. And we he told me how to friggin' start a podcast. And boom, started a podcast. And also... Uh, well, what else did I do? Anyways, I had so many things I did. Whatever. No, it's crazy. 75 hard's I mean, crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. You know, the, the discipline that you get from doing that program and from seeing, you know, prior to doing that, I had all the excuse in the world why I didn't have time to work out. And I had all the excuse in the world why I didn't have time to eat right. And I had all the excuse in the world. And, and what that program teaches you is you just lied to yourself. You lied to yourself before you ever started it because I used to tell myself, I don't, I can't make time. I don't, I don't have enough time to do two workouts a day and spend an hour, a minimum of an hour and a half a day working out and having to spread that out and not being able to do it all at one time. I mean, all the lies, all the lies I told myself prior to that, to not get myself into shape and to not, you know, be disciplined about the work I was getting done and to not, I mean, I lied to myself for many, many years. And so the power of that program is you stop lying to yourself. If you do it right. If you do it the way it's meant and the way it's intended, you learn that you don't have to lie to yourself, that there is time. You can create time. You can prioritize what you want to prioritize. You can be an impactful business leader. You can be an impactful parent, uh, spouse, uh, friend. Um, you can do all of the things you make excuses why you don't have time for because you prioritize differently. And that's at the end of the day, that's what changed my life. I prioritize way differently today than I did two and a half years ago. So. Yeah. Yeah. 75 hard is if you haven't done 75 hard, stop living your life with excuses. <laughs> get Amen. on the program. Amen. Amen. Because <laughs> what, what does Andy like to say? Personal excellence is the. What does he what does he say? The biggest I can't remember. Oh. He, he uses something yeah. like personal excellence is the biggest uh ah we're gonna have to edit this. We're out. sorry, we're sorry, Andy. We don't remember the exact wordage. <laughs> 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 we don't remember the exact wordage, but yes, personal excellence is uh it's definitely the solution to most problems. So yes, there we go. We'll go with that one. <laughs> yeah, well that's not what he said. So edited, edited. <laughs> that's my interpretation. My interpretation. But yeah, 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 like everybody's got to do that. So um, if there's, I'm going to ask you one last question. Okay. If you have time, if there's, if there's one thing you could change in the entire world today, what would it be and why? Oh, 
there was one thing I could change in the world today, what would it be and why? Well, that's a tough question. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for the micro scale because I feel like it will have the largest impact on everybody. The one thing I would change is I would have every person to have two hours out of their day to focus inward on themselves instead of outward on other people. Two hours a day. So that would spend be it, spend it working on yourself, whether it be whether it be uh, reading, uh, personal development, whether it be whether it be working on your body, whether it be spend two hours healing yourself in whatever way you need to heal yourself, because that presents you to the rest of the world as a whole different human. And if everyone across the planet did that, we would have a totally different world. Sounds like two 45-minute workouts and reading a book <laughs> would fit into that two-hour time frame. Yeah, exactly. So exactly, right? So so there you go. It's like the little, little premise of 75 hours. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say if everyone on the planet spent two hours a day focused on improving themselves and working inward on themselves, it would change the world. Yeah, I think, you know, what, what I realized with, when I was doing 75 hard is like, I used to be like a big couch potato sitting in front of the couch all day. And I literally have an elliptical and I'll just hop on the elliptical and watch the same show that I was watching when I would have sat my butt on the couch. So now, now I'm doing 45 minutes on the elliptical sweating and, you know, watching the show while, while going. And I mean, whatever you can do or or I'll I have a bench where we do press weights and stuff and I'll do jumping jacks and whatever but I mean I can still have the TV playing and I can still do that or if you don't want to do TV put on some music listen to some music right I mean yeah go 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 inside I, I I'm a big promoter on I'm a big promoter on do kind of like one thing at a time go inside your brain go inside your brain and and whether it be filling your brain with useful helpful information for whatever you're dealing with, or fueling your body and letting your brain wander and solving all the problems you have. I'm not, a, I'm not a big proponent. I, I used to watch a lot of TV. I used to watch a lot of TV every night. The last thing you know, my day would be super hectic and stressful, a million things going on. I put my kids to bed and the last two and a half hours of my day was spent watching TV. And um, I feel like I wasted a lot of my time. Not that TV isn't productive. It certainly can be. Um, but, but, at the same time, if I'd spent those hours like going inside and working on me, then, man, I think about the years and decades of shit I could have gotten done that I can't, that I didn't, that I didn't make happen. You know what I mean? Like I, I just didn't, I didn't make it happen because I was too busy. I was too busy numbing my brain and not going inside and working on it. Well, so. you know, it's funny because when I worked at Best Buy many years ago, they got me big on reading books. So, you know, I read stuff like One Minute Manager, One Minute Manager Meets the Monkey. And, like, you know, I got into, like, raving fans, got into a whole bunch of other ones, like First Break All the Rules. And then the big one that 
obviously, I always tell everybody that changed my life is now discover your strengths. Like to me, that was like the biggest book that changed my life. And it's funny, I got into such this big uh, reading books. Like, I don't know, I want to say I read like 10 or 15 books during my time at Best Buy. And then it was like, I left there and I was like a superstar everywhere I went, but I was always craving more, but I stopped reading books for like probably over 10 years. Right. Because just, there wasn't that culture where there were values, where they were trying to push you to the next level. I was literally just there and it was all about, I was working at a business now where it was all about the transaction. Right. And that's all it was. We were working somewhere. I was making good money, making them good money, but it was all about the transaction. And because of that, nobody was working on personal development. No one was working on, you know, bettering yourself. So, I mean, Hey, if you, if you're not good at reading books, at least get the, you know, get the audio books, right. Take a listen to them. I mean, some of these books, they're good to listen to. I do lots of driving or if you are working out or if you're going to do 75 hard, you know what? You are going to have to actually read the book for 75 hard though. But while you are, you know, on your run or you're working out, put on your earbuds, listen to some personal development, right? You know, if you look at looking for YouTube, for instance, there's a good channel called Be Visionary, which has a lot of uh, uh, motivational videos that really will get you kind of pumped up and get you kind of in a different mindset. But that's my opinion. Do you have do you have any final words of wisdom for the listeners of our wacky Ooh. podcast today? Or <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't I don't think so. I don't know that there's much wisdom locked in that brain. Um, you know, <laughs> it depends on the day, the moment, the time. Um, I don't I, I don't have a whole heck of a lot of wisdom other than man, just just remember, just remember to not take yourself too seriously and enjoy your freaking life. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on today and I look forward to seeing you in Nashville. Ah, less than a month, man. We got, we got like three weeks. Yeah. I'm bringing, Exciting. bringing the wife with me. So I'm going to introduce her to my, leader. introduce her to my, the, the church of Arte is what I told her it was called. <laughs> yes. I, I have a friend of mine who affectionately refers it to, to it as my cult. Oh, um, <laughs> one of us one. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly exactly and i'm like hey if that's if if it if it is what it is i'm good with it i don't care i, I love the heck out of the rta syndicate and i'll and i'll tell everybody that that's awesome yeah yeah sporting sporting the sporting the letter sporting the call sign today that's great no yeah. thanks a lot for coming on I, this is great good good back and forth the banter and uh Anyways, I'll see you in Nashville. All right, Ben. Have a great day.